0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Good morning, my friends. Good morning, Jake. Hello. Happy 4th of July, friends. 4th of July. The 4th of July. We're already here. We are already already here. here. We're testing and confirming the sound is working today. You know, the new setup still makes you a little nervous, right? Uh, Happy 4th of July. Indeed, it is a holiday, and that's why you're spending time with us. We have the very latest on what the Utah Jazz are doing. Eerily quiet around these parts over the weekend. I think it's making people nervous. Are the Utah Jazz involved in the Kevin Durant trade? Where is Kevin Durant going? Where is DeAndre Ayton going? Will the Utah Jazz try to acquire DeAndre Ayton? We have all of the answers to those questions coming up. We've got to talk about your favorite subject. As somebody who drives a gas-guzzling Ricer, uh, right? Oh, it's a Ricer now. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think you have one of the better STI WRX STI Subaru things, um, you know, with the Hoonigan sticker and the the, the big Hoonigan sticker. Right. Uh, We'll talk about how to avoid large holds on your credit card. That's coming up as well. But let's not even make you wait. Let's get into Utah Jazz basketball because we all understand That is why you are here today, my friends. And obviously, as you know by now, the Utah Jazz have traded Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves for a package of players and five draft picks, including a pick swap. Um, And I think a lot of the questions surrounding that trade are, did the Jazz win that trade? Did they get enough in return for Rudy Gobert? What does this mean? And I think very simply, Jake, I believe they won this trade going away. I think this was the best case scenario of any of the scenarios that we heard. Right. I feel like this trade was the best case scenario.
1: Yeah, I think I think they did get great value back for Rudy Gobert. I, I think you know before the Rudy Gobert trade happened, you know, not only did you need to improve this roster, but I think there was this sense that that the team you know was just struggling a little bit from a relationship standpoint, and I think that that's something that you know on this show at least we've talked about for a long time where it's like. Hey, you know, Don and Rudy, while they don't hate each other, they they don't necessarily get along great. You know, they don't love coming to the office, if you will. And I think that... You know, when you look at the Rudy Gobert trade, I think the Jazz accomplished many things. Obviously, getting the deal itself done when Rudy had that type of contract and you had to kind of work around that. Number one, I think that's a big accomplishment. Number two, I think getting guys like, you know, Vanderbilt and getting someone like Patrick Beverly where, where you're probably going to flip him, uh, I think is brilliant out of Danny Ainge. I think that Danny understands that for the Utah Jazz to have success and, and really keep going forward, Uh, this coming season he can't just make one trade and and make it like the biggest trade of the offseason and think that that's going to work like he understands that as part of the Rudy Gobert trade I need to get some more assets to flip to make another trade and I think that ultimately like right here as as it sits today is where we are but I think this Rudy Gobert trade uh, absolutely was a win for the Utah Jazz I also think it serves to show that Um, Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, obviously wants to win and and is willing to do basically whatever it takes. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. Rudy Gobert was a fan favorite for a lot of the Utah Jazz fan base. And so when you kind of take that into account, you take into account the money, what his role on the team was, it's not an easy thing to do. But they went and got the job done, and now I think you're in position to hopefully go and land uh, DeAndre Ayton.
0: Yeah, and i I think it's a I think it is a a pretty significant moment in the history of the Jazz. And last week when we were we were on the show, and you had the the NBA draft go down, and you saw all the changes, and all of a sudden you're letting guys like Eric Paschal go and Trent Forrest go, mm-hmm. and you know you know Juancho Hernangomez, all of these questions about what's happening and then Royce O'Neill gets traded for a first round pick and I said I think this was one of the most transformative days and arguably the most important day in the last 10 years for the Utah Jazz and then you follow that up a couple of days later with a trade like trading Rudy Gobert and yeah absolutely I think the Utah Jazz won the, the Rudy Gobert trade. I do think they got enough for Rudy Gobert. I think it sets them up to be successful, certainly in the long term. But I also think it keeps you competitive in the short term because very clearly, Danny Ainge is not done dealing. And when you look at what this team is doing now, this whole situation around... Um, DeAndre Aiton and that, that pursuit in that trade, I think it tells you that the Jazz are not looking for a rebuild. And one of the big storylines over the weekend was, is this a rebuild? Are the Jazz tearing it down? And you keep hearing, oh, to the studs. Right. This is not tearing it down to the studs. This is retooling a roster. And this is doing what you have to do to get your financial house in order. Because the Utah Jazz could not have competed at the top of the Western Conference with their finances the way they were. That's just not who uh, the Utah Jazz are. That's not what this market will support. So I think it was absolutely the right move, and I do think the Jazz won that trade. I think it's hard to argue that the Utah Jazz did not win that trade. And for me anyway... I think these situations are very difficult. You hear what um, sources close to Rudy Gobert told us Friday about how emotional he was to leave this team and how much he cared about the community. And and for me, I think that matters because it's hard to find guys who are passionate about Utah. It's hard to find guys who want to play in Salt Lake City. There's that stigma or that rumor. Rudy Gobert was passionate about this town. But his fate was sealed the moment that Dennis Lindsay tendered him that contract. I mean, that's just the simple, simple yeah. truth of the matter. Yeah. And again, we'll we'll remember Rudy Gobert as one of the greatest defensive players of his generation, but I don't think there's any doubt. We'll also remember Rudy Gobert as the greatest Utah Jazz big man in the history of the franchise. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's the best center this this organization's ever had, and trading him was not something. And trust me, my jazz sources told me point blank, this is not something we did willy nilly or without forethought or without understanding how impactful Rudy Gobert is to this team, both on the floor and off the floor. Mm-hmm. So I think this was a big moment in time. And you know what, Jake? I I also think that this this hops us to the question of, um, are the Utah Jazz trading Donovan Mitchell? And again, um. Just just from everything that's gone on, does it make sense for this team to trade Donovan Mitchell?
1: Not at all. I mean, i I, I don't think that you can on one hand uh, say, hey, you know our our stated goal now is to, you know, retool but also contend, you know, retool but be a playoff team, retool and be relevant, but then go ahead and trade Donovan Mitchell that that does not compute for me. i I don't know where you're going to get. Donovan Mitchell value in in a trade. I, I just uh, it, it, You would have to get uh, uh, a player just like him back, and I think that that's just not worth the consternation. I think Donovan Mitchell is entering his prime. He's somebody who's got probably 10 years in his prime to go here, and I think it, for the Utah Jazz, it just doesn't make sense. And by the way, we've been telling you since December that they were going to make a choice between Rudy and Donovan and that they ultimately— when when the day came, you know that they were going to choose to build around Donovan, and that's exactly what they've done. And and frankly, you know, there's been a lot of noise around. Hey, are they going to trade Rudy Gobert, or are they going to trade Donovan Mitchell, or what? What's the case going to be? They've made that choice. It doesn't make sense for them to trade Donovan and Rudy. You traded Rudy. You got a haul of Picks and players back. Now it's time to do more with that and give Donovan Mitchell something to work with. And that's why I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for them to go go trade Donovan Mitchell. To me, it just doesn't compute.
0: Well, and I can only tell you what I've been told by my sources at the Jazz, and that is that they are not going to trade uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, And again, I I think to what Jake just said, we've been reporting for seven months now that the Jazz have told Donovan Mitchell, hey, we're going to remake this roster around you. You're our guy. You're the guy that we're going to build this team around. And I've been told point blank, For seven months that this team has no intention of trading Rudy Gobert and reports out there that it would take like a home run package and something amazing. Sure, I mean, if you got a ton of picks and a ton of talent and the trade was overwhelming and it was an offer you couldn't refuse, sure, absolutely, you're going to look at that and you might even make a trade. But as I've been told and I was just told over the weekend again... We have no intention of trading Donovan Mitchell. This is the guy that we believe can be the center of our organization and can carry this team to the playoffs and beyond. And I got to tell you, there is no appetite from the Utah Jazz to move Donovan Mitchell. He's going to be here, in my opinion, based on what I've been told by sources. And yes, it is true. They have gotten a ton of interest in Donovan Mitchell. I can tell you again that the Miami Heat have called, the New York Knicks have called, multiple teams, at least – 10 teams have called the Jazz in the last 5 days and said what's it going to take to get Donovan Mitchell and time after time the Utah Jazz have made it very clear they are not trading they are not trading Donovan Mitchell not now um, and not in the near future, and that may change. I think the other thing that's really important to discuss here is that also Donovan Mitchell has not demanded a trade. Donovan Mitchell has not asked to be traded. Um, I asked that question point blank the other day, and I was told he has never again asked for a trade. Not now, not previously. He has never expressed a desire to relocate himself outside of Salt Lake City. So there's there could potentially, I guess, uh, come a moment in time where Donovan does demand a trade, I don't think that's going to happen. I think when you look at where this Jazz team is and you look at the the names that are being talked about coming into the fold to partner with Donovan Mitchell, whether that's DeAndre Ayton or whether that's somebody else, I think the thing that Donovan Mitchell is very clearly being shown by action, not through words, is that this team is going to retool this roster, and they clearly have. Trading Rudy Gobert is a huge step in the right direction. It makes smart financial sense. It is smart basketball sense. And the haul of picks they got in return is unquestioned. Yeah, I mean, you got seven first-round picks in the last week added to the fold of this team. That is really significant. In one trade alone, you added four first-rounders and a pick swap and a, a, a 2022 first-round pick from the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, there is no doubt, Jake, in my mind that this team is going to to, to build around Donovan Mitchell, and the answer is unequivocally No, they are not going to trade Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I think if you're a Utah Jazz fan, you kind of need to put this one to bed. You know, they're they're just not. It's just not what the organization is going to do. And 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 I'm not going to sit here and say that you know you shouldn't listen to to all the Twitter noise about it or whatever. You can speculate, but I'm just telling you, like. Like, we have from very well informed people, they are not trading Donovan Mitchell. And I think that I think I think if I'm Donovan Mitchell, like as I said before the Rui trade went down, like this offseason is everything to my career. This offseason is is like I have to come back uh with a complete package as yes. far as a basketball player is concerned. And and I just think that the Utah Jazz are in a position here where they won't win a championship this coming season. I mean, I think we can all understand that, but they're going to contend. And I'm I'm telling you, if they get this offseason right and they execute, they could be competing for a championship inside of three seasons. And if I said to you, hey, yeah, you're going to lose Rudy Gobert in that contract, but because of that, inside of three seasons, you're going to be competing for an NBA championship— I'm pretty sure like 99.9% of people would take that. And that's the path I think they're on
0: right now. Yeah, I totally agree. I just, again, I have been told repeatedly that this team is not trading Donovan Mitchell. There is zero appetite uh, from Ryan Smith or Danny Ainge to move Don. I think they wholeheartedly believe that they can build the organization around him. And by the way, I wouldn't move Don either. Just for the record, no, I, would I wouldn't not move either. him either. He is the prototype player that this league is thriving on. Like if you look at what Donovan Mitchell brings to the table, Don's a guy that can score at all three levels. Yes. We've talked openly and honestly about the fact that he does need to, to bring back a better, deeper bag in the mid range. He does. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's got to be able to be a lethal weapon um, in the mid range, but his, his three point. Yeah. His three point range um, expanded greatly over the last 12 months Um, I think the one big question that I continue to have about Donovan Mitchell is whether or not Donovan Mitchell can stay healthy for 82 games. Mm. And if he's a guy that's limping around when the playoffs come, this team is doomed. And we've seen for the last two years, he has not had legs in the playoffs because two years ago it was an ankle injury that was severe um, that I don't think he was fully recovered from uh, up until at least the All-Star break. Um, then in the postseason this year, it's quad contusions, bruises, soft this, tissue this, injuries, that. bro. It, it is exactly what Devin Booker was dealing with until Chris Paul showed up. Yeah, and I think the thing that's very clear is Chris Paul instilled a level of professionalism with your body in that organization. The Utah Jazz need that in a big way. You have got to find a way to keep Donovan Mitchell healthy. He is investing significantly in his body. We've seen that throughout his time in Miami. We've seen him playing ball, looking fresh, refreshed, explosive in Louisville. He's back home in New York City. You see him throwing out first pitches. You see him going to Mets game, living his life, having a good time. Donovan Mitchell is having a restful summer to this point. Yeah, I am excited to see Don get back in the gym and bring back a mid-range game. That is critically important in my opinion. I think it's the one thing standing between him and superstardom in this league, and I think when you see the moves that the Jazz are making, Danny Ainge is doing his part and it's time for Donovan Mitchell to step up and be a leader yeah. and be a healthy guy that's on the floor for a full season
1: Jake 100% agree and i think that don the leadership thing is going to be particularly important this first season out with this new group of guys because it is the first season out it is a new group of guys and donovan mitchell needs to show that he is a winner that and when i say he's a winner i don't just mean on the floor i i think winning yes. comes it winning is off the floor as well like w- it, what like in your workouts in the locker room like all of that, and 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 I think that Donovan Mitchell is more than capable of it. I, you know, like I, I'm not. Donovan Mitchell certainly is not my favorite player in the league, but I definitely look at him and I say, yeah, this is somebody who I think. If, if the odds are that he is going to turn into one of the best players in the league, it's just a matter of that actually happening now. Like that's what we're waiting for, like taking that next step. And once that happens, I really think the conversation is going to change
0: uh, around this team. Good morning. Welcome to the Monty Show. We are talking Utah Jazz basketball and all of the headlines around the Jazz. Let's get your comments in here because, again, as we say every single day on this show, we would not, could not be here without you guys Thank you so much for supporting the show. All 116 of you watching, please give us a thumbs up right now. It really helps the channel grow. First one in uh, is Luso's Research. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luso's Research says, we run a finance report with over 100,000 subscribers on Substack. Man, Substack is growing. What is it? Substack is the, essentially, it's a, as I understand it, because Mark Stein, the NBA insider's on Substack, it's a blog platform. Oh, okay. and. You know, it, it's it's one of those those platforms that's emerging. Hell, Luso's Research has a hundred thousand subscribers on there. It says we love your show. Keep it up. Hashtag better than Andy Larson. Oh God, please don't start. Don't <laughs> don't start. <laughs> this whole thing this week. No, I'm not getting into it. I'm not doing it. Uh, James Knight says, Morning, lads. Good morning, James. Good to see you all the way from Australia. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, Sup all. Happy Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Happy uh fourth of July to you, Greg Hawkins, the international movie and television star. Yes. Greg Hawkins, good to see you. Uh Gabriel Spreyer says, gotta get Conley out of Utah. Well, I think that's a very good point because his contract is arduous. You know, the the output of cash to the to the result that you're getting. The ratio. The value is not there. Mike Conley's value proposition on your salary cap is no longer there. So, you know, from what I've heard from NBA sources, the Jazz are absolutely having conversations. The Jazz could have traded Mike Conley uh, before the draft and chose not to do that. And I think now you're seeing why. And one of the things I think that's really come out, and I think this Mike Conley comment is a really good example of this, is Danny's had opportunities to make multiple trades that he has not. And I think he was waiting and holding. Um, and they almost had a deal done in Toronto uh, with Rudy Gobert. We, and we talked a lot about Toronto. Yeah. They almost had an OG Ananobi deal done. And for whatever reason, that deal didn't go through. And you wind up in this Minnesota deal. And if Toronto's package was better than Minnesota, I'd be stunned. There's no way it was. I, I, yeah, I, I agree yeah, with you. There's just I, no way it was. So Danny's had – I bring that up because Danny's had multiple opportunities to make deals. Yeah. And he has not done that. And, again, I think one of the comments on Friday that I remember from our live show when Rudy was traded was, it's wild to see Danny Ainge fully deployed – Building an organization here in Utah. He's an assassin. It's something that this team's not used to. It's something this fan base in Utah is not used to seeing a guy like Danny Ainge come in and just get after that ass. Well, like, and I think he's taking the out in the marketplace. Of he's yeah, taking the emotion absolutely. out. Of it. And that's
1: what I think Utah struggles with, is like we have to operate or like not have to, but like up to this point. It seems like the fan base and everyone has operated with emotion and you cannot do that that's right. in professional sports. It has to be, okay, you're getting paid forty one million dollars a year on average, but but you know, this is how it works in our team dynamic. Yeah, we gotta move you and, and go a different direction. Yeah. Like that's what and, and the thing is, is because Danny Ainge isn't isn't, you know, hasn't been here twenty years. He's able to just come in and and look at it from an X's and O's numbers perspective and say, yeah, this is what we need to do, and that I think is tremendously healthy for the organization.
0: Yeah. What's up, Pudge? N Y C E. Uh, good to see you, Forrest G. Hitman X says salute. Hopefully, it's announced today. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Austin Lee says, uh, Yee yee, Merca. F yeah. Exactly. No break. <laughs> okay, Austin, it's a little early to be drinking. Oh, f yeah, yeah. Merca. Well that's from Team Team America. Right. You know that you don't know the movie Team America. No. Team no. America F, yeah! Like, if you don't know that movie, go look Team America up on YouTube a- after the show. If you don't want to leave, you'd, obviously. You'd obviously. Out stuff. Right, you know? right. Uh, <laughs> Gabe Ledley uh, says, Happy fourth, you casuals. Gabe, good to see you, my friend. John Jackson. This is such a fun time of the NBA season. I look forward to watching this show every morning so that we can go over the list of I told you so's. It's a uh, long list. I ah, appreciate that. Appreciate that, bro. Thanks, yeah, I mean, yeah. I
1: think it's it's one of those things where we have to find the balance. You know, we try not to be that show that says we I told you so all the time, but frankly there are some some things that force us to have to do that
0: sometimes. Yes, so I agree. Tanner Plummer, good morning to you. I think the trade was win-win. The Jazz have more financial freedom to build a championship roster and the T Wolves improve their defense. The I Minnesota guess. Timberwolves are going to be a handful. Yeah. That is Rudy Gobert changes the dynamic of that team. Carl Anthony Towns at the four. Um, playing on the perimeter. They can play a four-out one-in with Rudy Gobert now. I mean, it just is –
1: And Rudy doesn't need to score for that team to be successful, and I think that is the most important
0: thing. And if you give Anthony Edwards any kind of runway to the basket – It's over. And Rudy Gobert's – you know, those picks he sets absolutely are going to – I mean, it's going to open up a lot of space for those guys to operate. And by the
1: way, last thing on that, I think – you know how we've – on this show, we've talked a lot about how Rudy Gobert – doesn't necessarily have an individual offensive game. If there was ever a time when that was going to come out in his career, it would be now. Like, like if I said to Rudy Gobert, hey, you're going to a new team. It's time to show what you got. Like, this is the time. Like, if you have a little push shot, if you have even any semblance of a jumper or anything, like, now would be the time for that.
0: Well, and I also think one of the things that's so interesting is that when you look at... Rudy Gobert, and you get traded in a situation like this. Yeah. Exposure happens. Are the Utah Jazz going to get exposed, or is Rudy Gobert going to get exposed? Yeah. Because you either gave up on a guy and didn't develop a guy who had all this offensive talent, and you just didn't use it, or you're Rudy Gobert, and you're a guy that's got no offensive talent, and that's why you're not in Utah <laughs> anymore. Yeah. So I don't know which way that turns out being or or what ultimately the outcome is, but when you make a foundational trade like this and you trade somebody that's making forty one million dollars a year and and arguably has the most controversial contract in <laughs> in the NBA today, yeah. you're going to get exposed.
1: And by the way, if you're the T Wolves, that's also the case for you,
0: too, because you traded a hall of players and picks to get this done. Well, and and we'll see what you know, Walker Kessler and Vanderbilt and you know, yeah. where, what do those guys turn into? Did you give up four first round picks and two really talented young guys for a guy that was a bust and you didn't win a championship? Yeah. I if there's a lot of pressure when you make trades. Did you like just give this.
1: away Malik Beasley for a bucket of basketballs?
0: Exactly right. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, Tanner also says uh, Rudy is the greatest center in jazz history. Uh, no, sir, that was Mark Eaton. He was a more complete player than 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 Another Gobert. Day. Another, Another day. Another day. I, I I totally disagree with you. I think Rudy Gobert is one of the great defensive forces this league's ever seen. Yeah. I think he is he is a unicorn at the rim. You just don't. You just don't see that very often at all. Yeah. Uh, Pudge NYCE says Rudy was limited. Don't disagree with that. James Knight, my guy says Don is gone, only a matter of time. No. No. You know, it, well, it, but it is an interesting conversation. It's possible, I think.
1: but I don't, I don't, I just, Okay, if he's gone, it better be for Kevin Durant. Let me put it that way. If they're going to trade Donovan Mitchell, it better be a Kevin Durant-level player that you're trading for. Because if you're going to sit here and say, hey, we're trading Donovan Mitchell for... Uh, we're sending him to Brooklyn, but we're not getting anything from Brooklyn back. We're going to get something from Phoenix and this team and that team in an 18-team deal that allows Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to move. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested.
0: Well, James also says he'll be part of a three-way te- uh, three-way to Brooklyn. First of all, I want to I want to go over this yeah. contract rule because I think this is really important. You cannot trade Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn as long as Ben Simmons is on that roster by rule, because you cannot have two rookie extensions and they call them designated rookie contracts where a rookie got a, like a maximum extension. You cannot trade Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn because Brooklyn traded for Ben Simmons. You can have two of those rookie exceptions on your roster. However, you cannot trade for both of them. So the Jazz can trade for DeAndre Ayton in a sign-in trade because Donovan Mitchell is their guy. So they extended him. Then they can go out and trade for another one yeah. to have two. Yeah, Brooklyn cannot have Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell on their roster together at the same time because neither one of them was theirs and they would have traded for both. So this idea that the Jazz can turn around and trade Kevin Durant Uh, or trade for Kevin Durant in exchange for for Donovan Mitchell is just not factual. Now, can they trade him to a third team? Sure they can. Could they include Donovan Mitchell to the Lakers, Uh, to your mom, like for this guy's cousin? Sure they could. Right. Are they likely to do that? They're not likely to do that. Because the thing that you also got to remember about three-team deals is there's always a loser Mm -hmm. in those three-team deals. Donovan Mitchell doesn't have an arduous contract. Donovan Mitchell is a guy that's proven to you. You can, you know, build your franchise around him and as a player and Donovan Mitchell is a guy that is in huge demand around the league. If you're rebuilding a team and, and as it was explained to me by one of my jazz guys, if we're going to rebuild this team, why are we going to go out and trade for a guy that we already have? Yeah. Because that's what Donovan Mitchell truly represents. He is the kind of player, and the Jazz know this, he is the kind of player you have to have to win a championship. You have to have his ability and skill set and ceiling to win a championship. Because Donovan Mitchell, if this is as good as Donovan Mitchell ever gets, and that's a valid concern in conversation, if this is as good as Donovan Mitchell ever gets, you should trade him. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't there's nobody in the NBA, and I can tell you point blank, there's nobody at the Utah Jazz who believes we've seen the best from Donovan Mitchell. Nobody. I don't think there's anybody that believes Donovan Mitchell is at his ceiling. Yeah. And when you look at this Kevin Durant situation, NBA sources told me yesterday that the the Brooklyn Nets have essentially put their foot on the brake a little bit here to just take a breath and look at what the market has brought to them. Because you don't you don't put out, hey, Kevin Durant wants to be traded, and then say, okay, we're going to immediately take the first offer we get, we're done. What they're doing now is they're taking their time to evaluate. And Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, is directly involved in the process, which is going to slow things down.
2: Schemers trying to control their little world.
0: That's exactly right. Anytime the owner is involved, it's going to take a little more time. Mm -hmm. And the other thing you got to remember is, this is not an adversarial relationship between Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. As I've been told, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets have a fine relationship. They just both realize that something needs to change, and they both could use a change of scenery. And I think that's why you're going to see Kevin Durant's going to be traded. And my guess is it happens in the next three days because business needs to get on. Once they trade Kevin Durant, you have to remember that there is significant other business that has to be done To recoup his his roster, we're out of here. He's got to go and get more talent. Joe Tsai's got to go and get more talent. So Sean Marks has to be in the marketplace. And one of the things that you also have to remember is the villain here is Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. And I think they'd like to make a Kyrie Irving trade first before they trade Kevin Durant, because there's almost no scenario where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can be traded together. It's very difficult to do. There are multiple scenarios where you can trade Kyrie Irving. For instance, the Lakers are said to have interest in acquiring Kyrie Irving, although reports have said that the Lakers haven't made a full trade offer for him yet, that they're just having conversations. I think the Brooklyn Nets, as I've been told, would like to trade Kyrie first and then understand exactly what they have to get for Kevin Durant. Not what they want to get, what the Brooklyn Nets have to get to make that Kevin Durant trade palatable. But by the way, one of the things that was mentioned to me last night also is the Brooklyn Nets are not all you know fully in on trading Kevin. Yeah, I think they'd like to trade Kyrie Irving, no doubt about that. I think what they'd like to see happen is let's move Kyrie off the roster, let's get what we can get for Kyrie, and then let's go back to Kevin and take his temperature and say, okay, we traded Kyrie. You're sure a hundo P, Kevin, this is what you want. Kevin Durant, you still want to be traded – And if he says yes, I think they're going to pull the trigger almost instantly. Yeah, I think think they're going to pull the trigger almost instantly. Yeah. But I think they want to make sure that this is exactly what Kevin Durant wants because I don't think there's any question. The Brooklyn Nets don't want to trade Kevin Durant. The Brooklyn Nets know they likely have to trade Kevin Durant. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. That's why it hasn't happened quickly because trading a guy, the magnitude of Kevin Durant – is not something you do lightly. Yeah. So I just think there's time yep. that has to pass here. Process. Yeah, I think it's absolutely a, it's a process, process. And I think there's time that just has to pass here. Yeah. They've just got to work through their situation. You only
1: get one chance.
0: I, I totally agree. I think you only get one chance. You only get one chance. If you're trading guys like Kevin Durant more than once, there's something wrong with you. Yes. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. So you're not going to see. Kevin Durant is likely going to a place where he's going to spend the next five years of his career. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, I think is acutely aware that his brand is taking a beating over this. And I don't think he wants that to continue. I I, I truly don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, him much better than I do. Yeah.
1: I mean, I clearly, I I don't think he wants it to continue. I don't think anybody would want it to continue, but I think that Kevin has, has made his bed and now it's time to lie in it. You know, you're not going to get away from the stigma that you're a ring chaser. And, and, and I know I bring this up every time we talk about KD, but, but again, if he goes back to the Warriors right now, he's nothing more than a ring chaser who never earned his own championship. And and I know that that's Ooh. harsh, but it's the truth. Like you never yeah. you never went to a team. You never did what Steph did. Steph was homegrown, like drafted, developed. Like he's a Warrior through and through. Kevin Durant is a Seattle supersonic through and through until he left to go and win rings with the Warriors and then made a bad investment uh, from a career standpoint in Kyrie Irving and now is left to, to pick up the rest. So that's why I say
0: he does need to fix this. And I don't think going to the Warriors is a good look for him. No, I don't think going back to Golden State makes a lot of sense. By the way, Golden State is not trading the package that was rumored. I can't see. Why would you? You just won a championship without him. Why would you? Yeah, and you follow Golden State very closely and know that, but I I, I look at what's going on in Golden State. Kaminga and Wiseman is the starting point, not the ending point. I mean, when you talk about what it would require. I just don't see how you give up Wiseman,
1: Kaminga, and Jordan Poole In a in a trade that doesn't make a lot of sense. That's too much.
0: It it really doesn't. Let's uh, let's get more of your thoughts in here again. We really appreciate you um, you know being part of the show and. And always commenting, it, it makes this show very special. David Morris says, James, where is Ben Simmons going then? Mitchell and Simmons can't be on the same team according to trade rules. That's right. That's right. John Jackson says, funny to hear all the rumors about the Jazz are now going to trade Don. I couldn't believe how every article was saying that even after the Jazz said we're not trading him. It's remarkable. Well, and
1: I think when you have guys like Woj saying they're, that that even his sources are telling him they're not going to trade Don, like I I just think that Donovan Mitchell is a very convenient figure in the trade conversations, and that's why you hear it so much. But I think for anybody who's plugged into the Utah Jazz organization, uh, we know they're not moving him. And I I will continue to say that because I just don't think it's going to happen.
0: Shitty Greg. Okay. okay. But but wait, let's clarify. It's S-H-I-D-D-Y. Got it. Got should, it. Uh, maybe I should pronounce that Shaddai. 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 Whatever. Uh gave us a five dollar tip. Thank you, Shaddai. Whoever uh, came up with that shit. You know fired. Uh owner Joe Sy also uh saw over the last three years uh the homegrown Giannis Bucks Staff Warriors uh win titles. Exactly. Chemistry and culture matters, folks. Exactly. Yes. Yes, it does. Exactly. Your name can be shitty if you want it to. When you make awesome comments like that, good. Yeah. I I think that's exactly Completely right. Completely agree, man. You look at, and this is kind of the issue with the Lakers, to to a large extent. The Lakers don't really have any of their own talent on that Anthony's roster. Street Clothes Davis. I mean, you look at Anthony Street Clothes Davis. You look at LeBron, and you look at the issues with Russell Westbrook, forty-seven million dollars. That like you look at all of these issues with the Lakers. Yep. And it's because they went out and tried to buy a championship. Now, there are some places you can do that. But if you look at the the way that the dynasty era of the NBA was built, yeah. it was largely built on Kobe. It was largely built on Jordan, Magic, Bird. And you look at the fact, like even LeBron to Miami was centered around Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. You look at Golden State, their dynasty. and And, and Greg's exactly right. Their is built on Clay, Steph, and Dre. Those guys they all acquired through the draft. And I think if you look at Giannis, that's their guy who and, and you look at the thing with Giannis, and I know we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Their win was his jump shot. Yes. I mean, they didn't really become truly championship caliber until Kevin Durant tours Achilles Den and, and stuff. Um until they fell. But now I'm being a jerk. I should stop. Anyway. Until Giannis started hitting Jays. I mean, like, don't I Don't tell
1: me you can't develop guys. Like,
0: but you can, but I also think that Toronto was kind of a one-off with the Kyrie deal and... The Kawhi deal. The, or the Kawhi deal, excuse me. He, that was kind of a one-off.
1: Yes, right? and no. Like, I think that Kawhi, it proves Kawhi's greatness. I think we have to give him a ton of credit. Like, you beat, you beat Joel but and But who Bid. else has
0: done that? Like, I'm trying to think in my mind Nobody. as we go back through, like... I mean, LeBron comes back to Cleveland, wins a chip, but that's with Kyrie and LeBron, who was originally a but Cavs dude, product Kawhi, anyway. Dude, Kawhi, like,
1: with all due respect to to Kyle Lowry, Kawhi did that on his own, dude. Like, Kawhi carried that ball club, made the big shots, was the guy, was criticized for not being a player's guy. Like, like I I yeah. think that he I think Kawhi is very misunderstood and doesn't get enough credit. But at the end of the day, look, I think that that this whole conversation comes back to one thing. Which I agree with the comment. Yes, culture and and vibe definitely matter, but I also think that developing and getting better as a basketball player matters. I feel like we have so many of these guys. Like you know, again, before the domestic thing with Miles Bridges, he was going to get paid. Like Zion gets paid on a ridiculous contract. Yes, like all these guys are getting all this money, and that's all they care about. the The art of of the Kobe Bryant's of the world is dead. Right, the art of getting paid is is very much alive.
0: Yep, agree. Hey, uh, Greg, thanks for the five dollar tip. We appreciate it. If you guys are here right now, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, we really appreciate that. It helps the channel grow when you like the like the videos. Um, puts us in the the YouTube algorithm. Please. please give us a thumbs up and a like. Uh, let's see, eBay, the Sofa Surfer, back up, in eBay? the hizzy. Hey, what's buddy? up, eBay? Uh, he says I haven't ghosted you. I'm I just am not teleworking anymore, so I watch the show after the live feed ends. Well, we're, we appreciate you being here. We really do. Uh, I love that show. Yeah. Terry Florence says, big contract late in his career. So it goes. History repeats itself over and over again. Yeah, But here's
1: the thing. Here's the thing, though. And I think this is important. You're not wrong. But I think the difference is, is Kevin Durant can go to any team and they're instantly an NBA title
0: contender. And yeah. that's the difference. Because v- I still maintain he's the best scorer in the NBA. Yeah, and I, I think mean, he's still got four
1: four seasons left in his prime
0: with where he is right now. Yeah, like, James Jensen says, I need me a Rudy Gobert jersey from the Wolves now. So many Jazz fans were okay, saying that.
1: Okay, what do you like more? Highlighter green from Minnesota or highlighter yellow from Utah? Why? I need a vote. Why? I need a vote. You're such a cock. Well, I would, like that is such that's so wrong. Marry
0: one, kill one. Oh my god. Uh Jaden Carrera says uh Katie to the Suns. Uh you know. Okay, Scott Howard, good morning to you. Also, is it smart to help Phoenix get Durant then have him standing in their way for the next four seasons? It's an interesting conundrum. Um I would take DeAndre Ayton on this team because I think DeAndre Ayton is a really good fit with the Jazz. I mean, I, I, we were talking about this in the very secretive pre-show meeting. Behind the scenes. You know, uh, and stuff. Um, Wait, what are you talking about, man? Where thanks to ESPN, we were watching Wimbledon. Uh, anyway, how does DeAndre Ayton fit, fit with the Jazz, Jake, in your opinion? <laughs>
1: I, <laughs> I think DeAndre Ayton's a great fit. I think that the problem with DeAndre Ayton is – he is a. He's soft mentally. That's one of the things that I feel like he shares with Rudy Gobert. But I think the big advantage is that he's offensive minded versus defensive minded. And I think that with the players you got in the Minnesota deal, like specifically Vanderbilt as an example, being that he's, I believe he's 6'10, 250 ish, somewhere in there, might be a little bit lighter than that. But being that he's got all that length, I think defensively you're going to be a lot better. I think that. You know, and Mike Conley uh, either being traded or if he's not traded, I think you got to bring him off the bench. Like, I think your starting five is a lot more athletic. And so, to me, if I'm looking at this and I, and, I, and they get DeAndre Ayton, I really like it because I think it opens up Donovan Mitchell's offensive game. I think it gives Will Hardy a lot to work with as far as um, offensive schemes and, like, you know what kind of positions can I get Donovan Mitchell in? Also, if you have watched Phoenix Suns basketball specifically the finals run, you know that DeAndre Ayton is a lethal pick and pop player, which I think uh, makes it so that the defense can't just key on Donovan Mitchell. So, yes, the short answer is yes. I think he's a good fit here. It is an interesting talking point. Why would you help Phoenix get Kevin Durant if they're just going to stand in your way? To that, I would say, what? How confident are we that Kevin Durant is in Phoenix for more than two seasons? Very. Well, I don't, think, I don't think you can say that. I don't think there's any any place where you can say very, because we said that in so, Brooklyn and it didn't happen.
0: There was a conversation yesterday um, on SiriusXM, maybe. I can't remember what I was listening to, but there was a conversation yesterday about Kevin Durant's awareness of his legacy. Yeah. And I agree he is acutely aware of his legacy. And he doesn't generally care what people think, but he is passionate about his place in history. And I think Kevin Durant is also one of the most intelligent operators in this league. I think he knows if he goes to Phoenix and gets traded or asks out again, like he's no better than James Harden. Yeah, and I I think Kevin Durant is looking for home. That's what I think. And I think Kevin Durant really values the Western Conference. And I think Kevin Durant knows that's where most championships are run through. And I think he wants to go, and I think he wants to win a championship Yeah, this coming season. And I think he knows if he goes to the Lakers, that's probably not happening. Mm-hmm. If he goes to the Heat, that's probably not happening. If he goes to the Suns, there's a real good chance they're going to win a championship. Right. And my opinion is that's why he will be there for several years. So – You know, that again, that's hyperbole, but as far as how DeAndre Ayton fits in with the Jazz, I think he's a wonderful fit. I think you would need to backstop that with a lot better defense and a lot better athletic ability, which is why I think Danny Ainge isn't done. Um, Danny isn't holding on to draft picks for years to come. Yeah. I think Danny Ainge is going to flip a lot of those picks. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how all of that plays out. Uh, Robbie Fowler. Wow. Robbie Fowler, a blast from the past. What's up, buddy? Robbie Fowler, um, I want to say Robbie Fowler was an intern of ours at uh, 1320K Fan oh. back in the day. Okay. I could be wrong. Robbie Fowler says Monty won't remember me. Well, there you go. See, uh, Monty won't remember me. I did a brief internship at 1320K Fan I'll years believe. ago. I only had one interaction with you, Monty. Mainly dealt with David Napoleon. Ah, uh, good old Ben Napoleon Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you newbies, the show has been spot on. Uh, keep up the good reporting fellas thank you Robbie good to see you man I remember you how would I not remember you Spencer Morgan says Monty I think it's a little naive to think the jazz organization would acknowledge being in a rebuild mode if they were in a rebuild mode they can't say that to the fans well but I think actions always speak louder than words yeah and I could be totally wrong about this Spencer I mean you're you're I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, maybe they are rebuilding.
1: I just don't think they're behaving in that manner. No, I don't don't think that the Rudy trades, you know, like is a symbol of a rebuild. I, I I think a Don trade would be a symbol of a rebuild. But again, I just. I I and it's our opinion, right? I mean, we don't have any. It's not like we have some ironclad document saying they're not going to trade him. But everything we've heard and been told says they're not going to trade him, and that's why I don't think they're doing
0: a rebuild. But why would you acquire Patrick Beverly and Malik Beasley if you were rebuilding? Yeah, I don't know. Now maybe they turn around and flip those guys. Maybe they do. But why would you acquire all of those future draft picks? And why would you be involved in a DeAndre Ayton trade? Yeah. Why would you like – I mean, it, it to me, it's pretty clear that this is a retool, not a rebuild. Because you would have traded Donovan first. Donovan has yeah. far more value than Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Far more value. His contract is not difficult to fit into your cap. No, he is, again, not to be redundant, Don's a prototypical player. If they were rebuilding, if they were just going to tear it down to the studs, yeah. Which they didn't, by the way. But if that's what they were doing, I mean, you wouldn't go about it the way they've gone about it. That's it's, pretty
1: much self-explanatory. You know, for you. so
0: I, I think, I, I, my opinion is they're not rebuilding. But Spencer, you're not wrong. You absolutely, I mean, you could be right. He also says this has all the hallmarks of Ainge, rebuild, like when he hired Stevens. No, well, see, but I, I've heard this a thousand times. Yeah, the situation in in Boston was completely different. I mean, you're you're arguing, you know, apples and oranges. Yeah, I mean, apples and, and potatoes. Like this, it's just not even in the same hemisphere. Yeah. To what was going on in in Boston, you had a completely different group of players that were incredibly expensive, that were aged out. You could not win. Like it was a totally different deal. Totally different deal. Yeah. And Brad Stevens was in demand around the NBA as a head coach. Like. There are a lot of clubs trying to get him. I look at Will Hardy. I think that's the minimum deal for hot young coaches now. Like you've got to give them time. You have to tell them, "Hey, we know you're inexperienced. You're going to make mistakes. Here's five years to get it right." Well, and
1: I think it for for you know considering Donovan Mitchell and this whole thing, like you you need to send the message that stability is coming to the organization. And yes. Again, I can't emphasize this enough, and I don't mean to keep saying that we've been saying this since December, but this is why the December thing is important because if you if you put stock into what we've been telling you, a lot of this stuff lines out. So if you think about it, in December we told you, it was like late November, early December, we told you that this was the first time we had heard from our people that, that the Utah Jazz, specifically Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge, told Donovan Mitchell, hey, after the season, once we get through this time, we are going to build around you, but we got to get through the rest of the season first. So, being that they they knew that this was what they were going to do back then, it doesn't surprise me that they went and hired Will Hardy because again, young head coach relates to Don really well. Very energetic, go getter mentality. Probably a higher octane offense than we've seen. Like, there's a lot at play here that you have to understand. So, I just would encourage you not to not to compare this to the past because this is a very unique situation.
0: Here's what the Boston Celtics did with the Kevin Garnett trade. And I think this is incredibly important to understand the, the gravity of these players. Yeah. June 28th, 2013 Danny Ainge of the Celtics sends Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to Brooklyn. So just right there, the, the, Paul Pierce, one of the greatest players in the history of the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Kevin Garnett, the guy you went and got to win you a championship, and he did. You sent them to Brooklyn with Jason Terry, another older player, and DJ White. What did you get in return? Gerald Wallace, who was a guy that never lived up to his potential. I covered him in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Chris Humphreys, who was a nothing player. Mm -hmm. Marshawn Brooks, Chris Joseph, and Keith Bogans. So essentially nothing, essentially. For first-round picks in 14, 16, and 18, and the right to swap 2017 Mm first-rounders, obviously they turned those picks into Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's a full rebuild. When you send out two of your biggest players and you get nothing talent-wise in return in all draft picks, they got a ton of draft picks – they also got a ton of talent. Malik Beasley's got a lot of mileage left in the in that car. Yeah, dude. right. You look at Patrick Beverly. That's a guy you're probably going to flip. You you look at Jared Vanderbilt is a great young player. To me, he's the best.
1: He is the most valuable player in the in the trade. I would agree for the Jazz side of it. I'm not saying he's better than Rudy, but like when you look at hey, what did the Jazz get back? Vanderbilt to me is the guy that that Fizdale is either going to make or break from a development standpoint. You're going to turn jared into exactly what you need him to be for this team or he's not capable of it and you're gonna end up moving on from him in two years but i think he does have the goods and i think that he is going to be he will be here i don't think that they'll flip him could be wrong but if it was me i wouldn't flip him i would i would flip pat bev uh i would flip the big they got that i can't remember guy's name off the top of my head walker kessler walker kessler i'd flip him as well And then some of those picks. You got to move forward. He's an interesting
0: player just because of his experience in college. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's not. Vanderbilt is absolutely the guy you're married to. Yeah. This just is not nearly or even close to what happened in Boston. This isn't a salary dump. It's not.
1: Like, people need to understand this. This is not a salary dump. And the reason it's not a salary dump is because of how much return you got and what that return means for this team. Now, it's not like you said, all right, here's Rudy and Don, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett for basically, you know, a bunch of washed up guys and some picks like we're not just salary dumping here. What you did was is you said, okay the Rudy deal is basically preventing us from contending anywhere past the second round. So we have to move that, but to move that we need to get equal value back. And that's exactly what they got. So yeah. I just don't think it's a
0: salary dump at all. Totally agree. All right, let's keep rolling with your comments. Thanks for the conversation, Spence. Always good to see you. Uh, PudgeMYC says, Spida most likely coming to my Knicks if he requests a trade. I don't think so. I'm so tired of,
1: you know Donovan Mitchell and Emmanuel quickly are in are in the Hamptons, and Don wants to be a Nick. He doesn't. Emmanuel quickly is his friend. They've been friends for a long time. Like it's the off season, you know.
0: Right now is not the time you would go to the Knicks. It it just is not. Yeah. I, I I think that that's to me now is not the time. I, I think you be you become. Uh, uh, I'd see him going to the Heat more than I would see him going to the Knicks. Uh, eBay the silver surfer says only place Mitchell goes is to the Knicks. Miami is off the table now. Well. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I first of all, again, they're not trading Donovan Mitchell. I it would be shocking. Yeah, um, in the hall they would have to get in Like I can't see a scenario where they realistically trade Donovan Mitchell. I just can't yeah. see that. Not this year. In the future, sure. Not this year. I I can't. Not the way things are set up. It just doesn't make sense. Eric DeVere, good morning, my friend. Uh, Rudy Gobert changed the franchise as a team. Don't play defense only, Rudy. He will also change the T-Wolves. It's just Rudy has peaked. Well. It could very well be. I mean, he's 30 now. So, you know. MC Season says, if the Jazz don't pick up KD, thoughts on possible KD to Chicago? Oh, please.
1: That would be wonderful.
0: Please. Little baby Naismith Jesus, help me. I would love Kevin Durant to be a Chicago Bull. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen. It's not. Kay Nuren, good morning. Would you trade Don for Ben? I would not. Nope. Nope. I'm good. Uh, Terry Florence. Uh, Brocklin is a rest home for the confused. Brooklyn? Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. He can't defend. Who? You, you mean Donovan? No, can't isn't the word that I would use. Can't. Can't is not. Yeah. Uh, The word that I would use. Uh, All right. Couple more. Let's get down the list a little bit. Uh, MC season again says if the jazz don't pick up KD, thoughts and into the bulls love that. Um, You know, Terry Florence says what happened to the D Wade influence. I think he, he is an absolutely trusted advisor. Yeah. I think (laughs) he's a, there's no doubt he's a trusted advisor. Um, I think D
1: Wade was uh, very influential in the hiring of Will Hardy. That's what I think.
0: Scott Howard says the media seems hell bent on getting Don out of Utah. and It's annoying. Well, and you know this is my, you know this is my my biggest thing. I think narratives about the Jazz are so the the, what's the right way to say this? The stereotypes of Utah. Some true, some are not. Black men can come to Utah and thrive. There's no doubt about that. Like I don't have any doubt. Black men can come to Utah and thrive. Yeah. That narrative to me is untrue. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I just don't think, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm not on board with that yeah. thing. Uh, James Knight says, does Don have his feathers ruffled over his buddy Royce and Eric on? He does not. I think uh, the other thing you got to remember is Donovan Mitchell is a wildly intelligent businessman. I mean, this is not a guy who's dumb. Donovan Mitchell, I think, realizes that, hey, it's great to play with, 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 Eric Pascoe, my childhood friend, but did Eric Pasco really move you closer to a championship? Nope. Did Trent Forrest? Did, you know, Royce O'Neill? No, he didn't. So, you know, I, I just don't, you know, I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I don't think it matters. Tanner Plummer. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for doing the show, guys. I've been going through a stressful time, but this show de stresses me. Oh, I hope you're cool, Tanner. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Good to see you. Yeah. Um,
1: Play the Xbox more.
0: Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, look. Jeremy Bolton's here. He says, uh, Alex Caruso's the best player ever. Please trade for him. That's not what he said. <laughs> he said, morning, what I miss? Nothing. Man, we just started like 20 seconds you're ago. You're late. That's what you yeah, missed. You're just you're, late today, You're right you know? on time. Yeah. Might want to get a watch. Uh, what I miss? Yeah, you missed. The, never mind. Uh, John Jackson says, the Jets are fixing the front office so that the focus can be on... Uh, building the team. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Uh where does Kevin Durant go? Where does Kevin Durant
1: go, man? I think that's a really tough question. Where does the Cadizal end up? Um, my gut tells me he goes to Phoenix. That's where I think he winds up. I think that I agree that the Nets are are vetting and trying to figure out what the best package is. But I think ultimately, guys like Kevin Durant get what they want, and that's because they're Kevin Durant. And so, to me, I'm Kevin Durant. Yeah, so I think that being that you know he is Kevin Durant, I I think he winds up in Phoenix, and and the only reason I think it's not Golden State is again just because of the career stuff we were talking about. I
0: just think it's a really
1: bad look for him to go back
0: there. Uh, I think there's all this talk about Toronto. I don't think Toronto's realistic. Um, I just don't think they have a good enough package to offer, dude. You keep like, talking about people's packages; it's confusing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I don't think. Toronto's realistic because you're You don't trade Kevin Durant to Siberia and that's what anywhere, but Phoenix tends to represent. Yeah. I mean, he asked for Phoenix, it, it, you know, Phoenix and Miami. I, I'm totally really is focused on Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I, I, you're trying to make a deal with Phoenix, by the way, they have a ton of young talent that you want. I mean, yeah. If you put him and Devin Booker together with Chris Paul, um, I think Phoenix would really like to hang on to Mikael Bridges, but that's just not an option. Yeah. Um, I And I think, you know, it was described to me once as, hey, Phoenix called Brooklyn and said, you know, who do you want? Let's make this happen. Let's get it done. And I think that Brooklyn wants Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. I think they would take Jay Crowder. Yeah. I think they're going to do what they got to do to get that deal done. Yeah. And I think that makes a world of sense. But that's
1: why the the jazz angle is alive and well, in my opinion, because in order for Phoenix to do that, they got to offload some money.
0: But again, I, I, I'll go back to what I, I I was told over the weekend, which was one of the things that Brooklyn's worried about is they don't want to trade Kevin Durant and have Kyrie on the roster because then they know their return for Kyrie is going to be far less. Yeah. Because they're well aware that this is a league of leverage. To make great trades, you got to have leverage. You look at what Brooklyn's doing. They don't want to get stuck, quote-unquote, stuck with Kyrie Irving. So that's why I think this is going to take a a few days here. I Mm -hmm. think they want to trade Kyrie and then do a Kevin Durant trade. That would be – And that makes sense. That's some speculation. But from what I've heard, they are worried about getting stuck with Kyrie Irving because that's the villain here. Yes. That's the guy that pissed everybody off. And you know what? You, you you lie with the pigs in the mud and you're gonna get dirty,
2: mm-hmm. man. I mean,
0: they they you knew you were taking a huge risk with Harden and Kyrie.
2: Does not make you feel responsible?
0: You knew that was gonna happen. You 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 roll around. What's the old dog with fleas? Yeah, yeah. you're gonna get fleas, yeah. and they got fleas right now. Made your bed, time to learn And it. I think that's yeah. I I just think you have to trade Kyrie Irving first. Yes, it, it just to save yourself. Um, and by the way, if you're the Lakers, I don't think trading for Kyrie Irving um, is exactly a cure-all. If I say to you, "Hey, you know the Lakers are going to trade for Kyrie Irving, they're going to send out Russell Westbrook," your reaction to that is what?
1: They're not winning a championship. That's my reaction. I don't think that I don't think that Anthony Davis has proven he can stay healthy because ultimately, what we know is that LeBron is not the LeBron he was as a Cleveland Cavalier. Naturally, obviously, sure. as it as as expected, that's not a surprise or an indictment. Uh, and I think that you know the the concept of hey we're gonna put Kyrie and LeBron back together and you know everything's gonna be awesome and we're gonna go to the NBA finals. I think it's fantasy land. I think the Warriors even it, the Warriors are better than them without Kevin Durant and with Kyrie as a Laker. I think they're better. I think that they have more chemistry. I think their culture is better. Uh, I think that I think that Kyrie Irving is is a guy that's always going to be a malcontent. He yeah. he's always going to be upset so I don't think it helps him
0: um wait wait you guys misunderstood something I said Rob Ketch uh said that Toronto is Siberia wow how ignorant of a comment is that Teru said Toronto being Siberia is insulting that's not I'm not saying that Toronto's Siberia or a terrible place when you trade Kevin Durant and pick the place when he says I want to go to Phoenix mm-hmm and you trade him to Orlando. Orlando? Orlando, Siberia. When you have Kevin Durant and you have the relationship that you have with Kevin Durant, because again, I want to reiterate that as far as I've been told, Kevin Durant and Joe Sy have a good relationship. Yeah. They're working together on this. When you trade him to anywhere else, Oklahoma City or Milwaukee or Chicago. Anywhere not on the list. Anywhere that he has said, hey, I want to go to Miami. Miami. Or Phoenix. Let's work in those parameters. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna go to Phoenix or Miami. If you trade him somewhere where he hasn't said he wants to go, that's Siberia. It, it has nothing to do with Toronto per se, and I should have clarified that. And
1: by the way, it should be said that those teams that are not on the list, like you know the Raptors or the Magic or any team basically that's not Phoenix or Miami, yes, they know that they would have one year with Kevin Durant, and so you're it. not going to get the value back, and and so that's. So, yes, I understand why calling it Siberia, there's a little misunderstanding there, but you need to understand that Kevin Durant, because he's Kevin Durant, is not going to just play for anybody. He's not just going to go anywhere you tell him to go. Yeah,
0: and it's much more of a situation where I think you have to... Brooklyn also, the other thing that a lot of people aren't considering here is that Brooklyn also has... The reputation is on the line here. Yeah. I mean, Brooklyn would like to compete sooner than later. And if you burn Kevin Durant... If you send Kevin Durant somewhere he doesn't want to go, you're making a you're making a, a huge mistake yes. because players control this league. And if they don't believe that they can get a good result in Brooklyn, they're not going to go to Brooklyn. And so I think when you look at the way this situation's playing out, I think people around the league view Kyrie Irving as a pariah. They view Kyrie Irving as a problem. Yeah. Kevin Durant is well liked in the NBA. Kevin Durant is a guy that 9 out of 10 teams that have on their roster. Yeah. And there's going to be some freak show that's going to be like, no, we don't want Kevin Durant. Okay, well, good luck to you. But every other team in the league wants Kevin Durant on their roster. So I think this is a huge moment in time for, for Brooklyn. And I think you better trade him to where he wants to go because you're going to wind up in a situation like people getting upset. I said that about Toronto. It, it's not a but Toronto's a lovely city. A, a lovely city. I mean, I wish... Your hockey team would win, but you don't. Austin, yeah, no, go ahead. No, don't do it. Terry Florence says, I suggest a laser projection of Spider be displayed on the moon. Dark phase. Have an uneventful fourth. God bless America. Gotta feed. Talk to you later, Terry Florence says. Terry, appreciate you you being here. Uh, Hullabilly says if the jazz trade spider, which would be odd and dumb. In my opinion, I'm moving with him. Plus, come on y'all. It's a figure of speech. Monty is, isn't being literal. Yeah. I'm not saying that Toronto is freaking Siberia. You said
1: it was the worst city on planet earth. All right. We all know. Jesus. The, we
0: all know the Bahamas is where Siberia like physically is. So, you know, it's not, that's like the Sbarro pizza in Siberia. I mean, Kawhi went there and you we know, haven't seen him since. So, it, you know. To Sabaro Pizza? Yeah. Did he get food poisoning? <laughs> you guys remember when we when like going to the mall and having Sabaro Pizza was, was like everything. The world? Yeah. When you get a slice at Sabaro and then you go hang out at, at like Foot Locker. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Um anyway, a couple more and then we gotta get to uh we gotta get to something. Uh Pudge NYC says Monty's hilarious. I appreciate um, that. Thank you, Pudge. Uh the Clippers don't need KD, Lady Wolf says, Well I think the Clippers would love to have Kyrie and KD and anybody else that could win the championship. Wall. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think they're – I honestly think Steve Ballmer is desperate to win a championship. He's got that new building coming in. Well, he should be. Like, I, I mean, he is a – The problem is, and I think Joe Sy is learning this lesson the hard way, being a billionaire does not equate to being successful. Uh-huh. A lot of people think, oh, well, Elon and Cuban, and they're all billionaires. They're successful, right? Not necessarily.
1: Oh, what a loser.
0: Joe Psy found out the hard way that billions don't buy you rings. Players maybe, win you rings. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm Kyrie. saying, Like, I think that's a really interesting point. I think that is a really interesting point. Hula Billy says Valley Fair Mall. If I say what was your favorite mall as a kid?
1: I mean, it'd have to be mine was Bernie Haw- Mills. Mine dude. was
0: Hawthorne Mall.
1: Or Hawth- Hawthorne was really mine good. Mine was too. Hawthorne
0: yeah. Mall in Vernon Hills. Yeah. I lived down the road. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. And you know, like there was—I can't remember the name of the mall in Deerfield. There's this little Deerfield like, mall, yeah, something like was it was a Deerfield mall. It probably I don't was. Know. <laughs> Shut up, Jake. Uh, I met Toronto Orlando mall in Siberia. I, I met why? <laughs> I met Orlando Woolridge, the late great Bull and Laker. He signed a poster for me that my brother would later tear off my wall in my bedroom because he's a dick. I but, say, I'm um, just fired up to be here today. That was one of the great things when, you know, Foot Locker used to bring in athletes to sign autographs. and. It's really a shame what's happened to Foot Locker, <sighs> man. Foot Locker's still amazing. Paul George would have to go, Christopher uh, Goff says. Well, yeah, obviously. yeah." But, you know, it is, what it, is. it is what it is. All right, if you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up and a like. Uh, we appreciate that. And now as we transition... Into the non-sports stories of the show.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Jake, let me ask you this. You drive a gas-guzzling, yes. huge gas-eating machine right? checkbook devastation. Right, right. How much are gas prices on your mind? Um,
1: A good amount. I mean, I, I think that for me, I don't commute every single day. I drive probably 10 minutes a day, you know? Um, and that's about it. So like gas goes a bit farther for me than maybe it does for some other people. Cause I just don't drive as much, but I think that gas is definitely on the mind. I mean, when you go to the gas pump and you're seeing five seventy a gallon, that's not really, uh, that's not really comforting. And yes, I do have to put 91 in the old Subaru. So, you know, that's not exactly a comfortable thing.
0: Well, uh, let's say good morning to Mrs. Monty. Whoa. Got to get that thing centered. Got to get it, uh, yeah,
1: dialed in. Bit, and you know, yeah,
0: here. you know, hi, hi, Hey, how are you? Hello, man. Hey, good to see you. Mrs. Monty, you now uh, drive a V6 Jeep. How much are gas prices on your mind?
2: Oh, a lot. It's not exactly fuel efficient,
0: so. No. Yeah. So then let me ask you about this credit card hold story. Because yeah. if you if you are a savvy consumer, such as myself and others, right. uh, you realize that to go fill up your, your tank at Harmon's, the grocery store yeah. here in Salt Lake City, they're going to hold $150 yeah. on your Amex. You're so fucked. Yeah. I, I'm an American Express customer because, well, you know, I'm a baller. Right. Uh, right. Baller! Right. <clears throat> anyway, they're going to hold $150 on yeah. your credit card. Like, I feel like this is a little outrageous. And this is why, one, if you have a credit card, and I, I, I know I've said this a thousand times on the show, but I'll say it a thousand more. Don't ever use your debit card again ever for any reason. Yeah. Unless it's absolutely the last resort. Get a credit card that's got rewards on it and use that credit card. If you go to a gas pump and it gives you debit or credit, always hit credit. Mm-hmm. Always. It's not even... Even if you're using a debit card, make sure it has a Visa logo on it. Hit credit; it saves you money. But if you're not using an Amex or a, a, a Chase Sapphire or something like that, I think you're missing out in the world. But this story really frustrates me. Do you guys do you guys think that it is gouging to hold 150 dollars to fill up a tank of gas? Well,
2: and and it's not just 150. Visa and Mastercard are now allowing gas stations to place holds of 175. Oh my God! On their bro. credit cards which is just wild. That's insane. Like, and there's ways Come to get on, around it. You can pay cash or you can go in and tell them, hey, uh, $50 on, you know, pump number, whatever. Ain't nobody got time card. for that. No. Right? But if you're just going to walk up and, and go to pump with your credit card, they can place a pretty high hold. And we've seen it go up, even at Harmon's, you know. But the problem is, if you don't have that available, it can decline it. Yeah. Yeah. It can be embarrassing, frustrating. Well, and, and-, and I just think it's wrong. Like uh, how many of us,
1: well, if you have a big diesel truck and you own your own business is $150, you know, it's not out of the question with gas prices
0: the way no, they are it's right not. now. I mean,
2: but- I can put a hundred bucks in the Jeep, without thinking
0: about it. But yeah. my, my point is hundred and fifty dollars is a lot to people right now with inflation. Yeah, with the cost yes. look at the cost of food. Are we yes. Who's going to the grocery store for less than fifty bucks? Okay, right in now?
1: the comments, quick question while we're talking about this. Have gas prices affected your fourth of July weekend plans? Like did you stay in town because you didn't want to pay gas?
0: I mean, I have to think. I have to think some people have. I mean, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago yeah. um we were wanting to go to Los Angeles to hang out with our family yeah. at the at the at the shore the shore um the shore. and the... we were like hey do we do we pay for airfare because typically we would drive it we would all right. hop in our cars and yeah. caravan out and caravan back and stop in Vegas and get some Jack-in the-box in, the in St George and right right we would knock it out in had 11 much hours right but what did we say well you know if we all carpool and we split the cost of gas, you know, like it, it had a it had a major impact on the way we chose yeah. or not chose yes. to travel. It was absolutely a factor. Yeah. And, yeah, and I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with people not traveling because of the cost of gas. Yeah, and the thing that we tend to do, like when it comes to this holding of one hundred fifty dollars or one hundred seventy five dollars on a card, right. we tend to judge people who can't afford that. Yeah, and it, that to me is really stupid. Yeah, and it just is.
2: And it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair to the consumer that just needs to get some gas that, you know, not everyone is filling that mu- up that much, but it does. It, we've all seen it. How many times have you been at a, any kind of a store when someone's card gets declined, um, you know, says that there's not a high enough limit or they're and, paying
1: with quarters for their groceries
0: or like, you know, but- like
2: and, and that's tough. It's tough for the person. Uh, and it's tough for the people around him don't know try, how to react. Try to being,
0: it. try being Logan Skills, who says I I fill my work truck, my work diesel truck up twice a week, a hundred and fifty bucks a time.
1: You see <laughs> what I mean? God But Almighty. so that's my point. Like, if you're someone like that who has his own business or or like has a work truck that you have to drive for whatever Good it is Lord. that you're doing, that thing's gonna eat. You know? Oh, you guys, you guys, yeah. you
0: guys. Wait. Okay. You Here know what? Here we go. Here we go. What? There's an answer to why gas prices are so high. Right. The Main Street Remedy says stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. Oh,
1: man. You know, okay. I just, oh. I never I'll, I'll would have it. thought of that.
0: You guys, oh. I'll do it. God. I'll call. war's done. Yeah, I'll call Uncle Joe and tell yeah. him to turn down the gas knob yeah. in his wars. office. Yeah, I think that'll work. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll have Uncle Joe Biden, you okay. know, yeah, because Joe Biden yeah. controls gas prices. Well, the fuck are you Ranger Ranger Rick? Yeah, what him? are you, Ranger Rick? You
2: know, he needs to. Turn the crank to roll the price back. Maybe it's like Walmart, and you just knock the numbers off. Well said. You know, it's all it's all him. Hey, will you will you will
0: you turn my crank?
2: Yeah, later. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Powerful. Wow.
2: What? Uh, uh,
0: You know, uh, my crank. Anyways,
2: and I'm gonna put a hundred and fifty dollar hold on that credit card. Our budget a little out of whack.
0: On my crank. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Pudge NYC says, time to get back on my horse or, or ride your bike. Oh, yeah. Dude, we saw a guy yesterday. Um, it was hot in Salt Lake City. It was about a hundo in Salt Lake City yesterday. It was 100 degrees. And right. it was windy, and the wind yeah. is warm. It's brutal. There's this guy trying to walk across uh, South Jordan Parkway, and he, he might be taking a half a mile an hour walk. Like this dude is essentially crawling going very slow, very slow, um, like yeah. very like I can't imagine these people that ride their bikes. Like I, I can't. I'm, you know what, though? Uh, we should ride our dude. bikes more.
2: And for some reason oh, in the US, go. any other country, people ride bikes. Very economic in America. Very good yeah. environment. Very easy to get around here. We fucking we laugh at people who want to ride the bikes. We don't
0: laugh at people. Let's be honest. We're just too fat to ride our Mom bikes in this country. Lebron.
2: Oh, my gosh. Maybe if we rode our bikes. Uh, you know. What?
0: Yeah, right. Um, but I felt bad for that, dude. I did. A couple more. Uh, eBay says I didn't vote for Joe. No, okay. I'm, I'm moving on. Um, Pudge NY. <coughs> Pudge NYC just puts an arrow up. Greg Hawkins says, I'll probably be back in the U.S. for a while in August. Last time I was in the U.S., gas was at two forty dollars a gallon. Oh, Not excited. Jesus.
2: Oh. U.S. Americans? What?
0: Bro,
1: welcome home, bud. What? Welcome home.
0: Welcome home. Oh, that's funny. I'm sorry. I thought you said $2.40 a gallon. No, Jeez. I'm fine. Uh, Cade Christelib says, uh, TBF tweeting at gas stations to turn the prices down. Ain't, ain't it though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna say this
0: again. Oh, that's so true. That is so true. Um, eBay says, uh, "Is real estate lower in Utah yet?" It's cr- it's cr- slowly. It's interesting you bring this up, eBay, because we were talking about this over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was looking at real estate prices this weekend. Yeah, <clears throat> I was. Um, and we follow real estate very closely, and it the price correction in Utah is real. We yeah. haven't seen like a precipitous fall, like a no. big fall. No. Right, but I mean, I I don't know how you guys would. I don't think there's it.
1: been any kind of correction, but that I could be wrong. I I haven't seen. Oh, I, I think not I, there's, there's been, been any sort of tangible.
0: Hey, yeah, everything
1: is noticeably lower. It's still five hundred thousand for a three bedroom shoebox. It's still to me, it's still out of control.
2: I think the thing is, is that it, it's the what we're seeing now is you actually might get it for the list price.
1: Yeah. Which and maybe there maybe that's a win before like it know.
2: was multiple offers j- jacking the price up so now you might be able to get it list or you know I I can't see you getting under list right now but still there's a lot more inventory yeah it, it, it's, yeah the problem is that the five hundred thousand that you could have paid at three and a half percent yeah is.
0: It's exactly right. You're 3 Way grand a month. You're 3 grand a month for 500,000
2: at 5%. Well, and
0: I just I will just continue to say I I think our real estate issue is not pricing it's this interest rate. Yeah. Situation, the rate the rate hikes from the Fed are pricing people out. I mean, the 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 rate right now is making it so people like you, Jake, frankly, millennials, your generation, um, you know, even Gen Zers now that are coming into the ability to buy homes are not going to buy homes because who what Gen Zer is making three Gs a month minimum.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, there's just not the the conversation is not whether I could have I could have, but the conversation is more why would I because I, I it doesn't make sense to me that that I would pay you know almost six percent. On a 30-year mortgage. That does not make no. financial yeah, sense. Painful. That's just not smart. So It is.
0: Greg Hawkins makes a great point. He says, Americans drive because our infrastructure is based on uh, cars, and we are spread out totally uh, free. Yeah. Like, if you look at, I mean, obviously, I think one of the, the most prolific bike countries in the world is a place like the Philippines, the, like the Pacific Rim countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at countries around Europe. Europe yeah. Bicycles and trains are a Ireland. huge part of, of, yeah, we saw a ton of Double bikes in Ireland, uh, but your, your rail and bicycle are, are commonplace yeah. in most of the world. Well, just not in America. Yeah. Right. And you, you even look at Mexico. Yeah. Um. I mean, you look at countries where wealth is not common and you have people on bikes. You have you people know. that God forbid they walk places, right? Like we just, to Greg's point, I think that's a really salient point. Like, we're not built to walk to the grocery store. Yeah. We're not built to walk to work or ride our bicycle to work or ride. Like you see a lot of people on scooters, but that's just not who we are as a society. Yeah. And I think it's much to the detriment of global warming. Like you look at what's going on in Utah. The air quality is trash here. Like yesterday, we were going to drive up for sunset up to Guardsman's Pass. And Mrs. Monty's like, but the air quality is terrible. And you're not going to be able to see anything. Because it, it's just so windy, yeah, and we have so much mining and construction going on. Like, I, I mean, you fart around here and you cause a Something dust. Not just that;
2: it's the drying up lake. the The dust from the lake is a major issue.
0: It's becoming every day more and more of an issue. Uh, let's see. Giggity says uh, real estate has leveled off, not dropped yet. That I would agree with. Yeah. I think the incredible um, the climb is over. The massive profits, the un, uh, like, and again, I feel bad for people who have bought a home in the last 12 months, especially in the state of Utah. You're never getting your money back from that. And if you're in equity right now, if you bought a home in the last 12 months and you're in equity, bless you, my friend, because you are, you are the, the rarity. I just think so many people put themselves in a jackpot with their home yeah. because if, if the, if we truly fall deep, deep into a depression, a years-long depression. There's going to be a lot of foreclosures. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to lose their homes. And that is never, never a good thing for this country. Never. And the sad thing is, likely, if we're ever going to go back to a medium $250,000 home price, <laughs> which I don't think will ever yeah. happen in my lifetime, we're going to need a catastrophe to happen. We're going to need the housing market to follow, But it's not going to. No. We're gonna need like there's gonna have to be like we're in such a weird time. Yeah. You look at how many people need jobs yeah. versus how many jobs are open. There's so many more jobs than there's ever been per applicant. Like for 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 every job opening I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I it's just bizarre to me how the world is has flipped. I mean, you you have so many people that are making more money than they've ever made, but we mm-hmm. can't afford to buy a house. Yeah. And we can't afford a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread. Like, it's crazy what's happened in the last, and really, it's the last eight years in this and country. And then
1: we're gonna be surprised when birth rates are down and the population's getting older.
0: And it, I mean, it's, which is interesting enough. It's, it's, that's a really good transition to why. We obsess on the afterlife, which I was looking for the Chiron. Uh, why do we obsess on the afterlife? It's very interesting to me that we have this 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 tool in our home that Amazon gives us uh-huh. the A word, right? Because we have one sitting right here. Hi right. Alexa. Um, nope. Britt turned it off. Muted her. R- Mrs. Monty <laughs> turned it off before I could yeah. successfully deploy the device. Yeah. But how about this new tool from Amazon? Amazon is willing to put the voice of a dead relative well, on your device hey guys it's it's any it it can use
2: any person's voice now like what they're rolling what they're talking about what they they actually demoed at remars um, was that you could use any person's voice in order to be the voice of your Alexa that could include someone who has recently passed so then you could have the (laughs) voice of your dead friend relative partner whatever as your alexa that can communicate with you why
0: why why do we need this the thing I and the the first thing that we when because we were throwing around topics last night getting ready for the show right and the first thing that came to my mind is, why do we need this? We are so obsessed about dead people in this what world. What the fuck right? does one like, thing have to do wh- with the other? Why? And and the thing that immediately people go to is, oh, Aunt Sally can live forever in uh, Alexa. Um, oh, Sally, I miss you so much. I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> and it's like, okay, listen. I, I must I get I, it. I, Gee, mm. But why... I, Let's just start with the baseline question. How curious millennial boy are you about what happens when you die? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: how curious am I about Yeah. It? How there's curious just, always are you? There's a
0: certain level of
1: curiosity. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, the, the, this is a very deep discussion, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I think that, yeah, I am curious. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it'd be nice to know what happens if anything happens and, and see, this is where we end up going. Like, you know, not to get into some deep conversation about it, but I think the right way to phrase it is, you know, if there's anything or, or just what happens when we die. I don't know.
0: But it is a curious conversation. I think people are obsessed with it. They are. I yes, think people they are. Obs- Absolutely. They is are. Is there heaven? Um, Is there hell? You have to check uh, it before you wreck it. I saw a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> and I saw my old buddy Steve from Whoa, high school. what a loser. He tripped and fell and impaled himself on a wrought iron fence one time Spinal. down at <laughs> the what river. What is wrong with you? You know, and, uh, you know, it's nice to see him at the end of the light there. That's, In a van
1: down by the <laughs>
0: river. That's how I know that Stevie's doing just fine and he's with me. Wow. That's It just weirds me out how obsessed people are with the afterlife. I broke my back. Yeah, well, no. (laughs) Your back is broken. Your back would be broken with that wrought iron (laughs) fence. And I don't know why I went there. But the point is, I don't find myself obsessing on it. Here's what I obsess on. I want to live forever. The thought of dying really bothers me. I'm not scared of death. I just don't want it to show up anytime soon. Yeah. Next question. You know, so I focus. I, I try to be. I try to exercise gratitude every day and whatnot. But I don't know, Mrs. Monty. You're pretty convinced there is no heaven or hell. Nope. What does that mean?
2: When you when you die, it's just lights out. Just lights yeah, are out. Yeah, and, I know what
0: time it is. Out, Yeah, on time to take a nap forever. <laughs> I won't know. Time to decompose. Like <laughs> time to decompose. That's 100 percent right. So I, I, see, like, I, and I the answer is I don't know. My belief system is there is something I I don't know. And this goes back to religion because obviously we live in Salt Lake City in Utah. Mm-hmm. Religion is a huge part of our community. I think you know it all. Right. So they're like the LDS church has, you know, like all of all of these teachings about eternity and right. different levels of heaven and right. ceiling rooms and see I don't I don't get that far into it. I don't get that far into it. I don't know what happens when you die. I don't know. And I what, don't want to find out. Let me tell you what man. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I, and, and honestly, I don't want to know. Right. And, and, and this goes to the other crazy thing of like, hey, man, if you could find out the day that you're going to die, do you want to know the exact day you die? Saudi stooge. <laughs> hey, some people need to know, bro. I don't want to know the day I'm going to die. I don't want to know how I'm going to die. I just I don't know. I guess. I just don't obsess on death. I yeah. all I know is I don't want to die anytime soon. I'm fifty, I'd love to live fifty more quality years. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. So are we putting dead people's voices no. on our on our election? No, no. We're not. No. No. Hey I think that
2: when we do things like that, when we're we're like, it's one thing to honor your your you know, the the people who you've loved that have have died. Like, I think that's cool. It's good to remember. It is bad to be held up with that. <laughs> It is bad to replace them with a device that's going to speak to you like it's them. Like, You're I think casual. it's bad to hold on to that.
0: <laughs> but what, what, what is it? Why are you messing with me? What? Yeah, Jake. Why, why what? You, what? Tanner's what? upset with you, by the way. Uh oh. With me? Tanner's like, wow, Jake, you really want me dead based on the Hey Guys drop? Hey guys. Because <gasps> that's Tanner's drop. That's Tanner's drop. No. no hey Tanner. hey hey guys. Hey hey guys. Hey guys. Hey, Tanner, hey, guys. No. hey, guys. hey guys. Hey hey. No. I'm sorry if you're Tanner offended. You've a by lot that. of life <laughs> to live. <laughs> yeah, sorry if you're offended by that. Um okay, so before we move on, we uh, got to figure out who's the dead person you would put on your Alexa. Uh I don't one. I don't one. know who it I would be. I don't have one. Uh, Cause does it have to be within your family? Well, no, but you have to have their voice, isn't it? Like thirteen, you need thirteen yeah, to fifteen need, seconds. Uh, yeah,
2: you need like a yeah. Uh, I can't remember of what their voice. Said. Yeah, of a person's short. voice,
0: and then that can teach Alexa how to use their voice. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who is that? Kobe Bryant? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just oh, see now. This brings us to a
2: different point. There's been a lot of. Um, celebrities who have used their voices for everything from Waze to probably, you know, a, a Siri or an Alexa, and then they pass on.
0: Hey, guys. Okay.
2: You can still hear their voice through nope. your okay. Waze or whatever. So, Kobe, why is that different? Damn it. She's talking she's upstairs. She's talking
0: upstairs.
2: Yeah. So, but, she's but, talking but, but upstairs. But why is that different than your dead relative?
0: Alexa! Shut up!
2: Oh my god, what is wrong with you people? Well, we're trying to Some uh, people are actually sleeping. Well, no, they're not. About they're, mean, no, they're not No, They're No, they're not, not. They're not. They're listening no, to they're the show, not. obviously. Were sleeping. No, they weren't.
0: Um, what? Um, we don't have neighbors. Jesus. Um uh, um No,
2: they've all moved out because it's um, too loud.
0: That's probably true. But um you, you I I don't I wouldn't use a dead <laughs> person, man. I just I I wouldn't, I don't know. Sam Kinnison? What about? Do you know who Sam See, Kinnison no. is? But that's Jake?
2: that's funny, right?
0: That I is funny. funny. He is funny. I don't but, know who I would use. You know, he's I, dead. I, I, I don't want, like, my du- my cousin.
2: Deg- your nana? Cousin. I, you don't yeah. I don't want, like, your, uh, you know, Oh, Gemma? little Timmy, did you
0: like my lasagna? No, man. I, I'm not. I, no. <laughs> no. Look, Auntie Jilda, I'm not into that, man. You dead. <laughs> stay dead. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> are you? And when you are dead, you stay dead anyway. Yeah. What do you think happens when you die?
1: I... I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on what I think happens, but I my gut tells me there's something. Do you believe in nothing. psychics? No, I don't believe in psychics, no.
2: That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Britt, do you believe in ghosts? No. You don't? She doesn't believe in anything. What yeah. do you mean? Well, I don't know that she doesn't so believe in So here's she the doesn't. thing.
2: When, uh, when I was in my 20s, my yeah. sister's husband... His cousin, right? So I'm sorry. That's a you know sister's brother's friend's right, brother's cousin. Right. Anyways, My Paul. One. Hey, Paul. Was and uh, was Donnie. a phone psychic. Oh Jesus! He worked for a company <laughs> that they paid you to be right. He was trained it's the on how friends to ask Network. the the right. It's whatever that Dion Warwick Psychic Friends Network. Yes. That- Give us your
0: money and we'll lie to you. Yes, <laughs> that is
2: exactly, and he was exceptionally good at keeping you on the phone and making you think that he actually knew something. And it's, that's psychics, like if that's what you do. It's
0: the low cost of one ninety nine per minute. Bet no, you weren't expecting this go to a therapist one. No, no phone sex, but, but we'll help. tell you about your job. Hey, uh, uh, welcome to this Friends Psychic Network and shit. Hey, man, do you have a job? yeah oh hey you're gonna my psychic ability tells me you're gonna get a paycheck on friday
2: it is there is a tactic
0: (laughs) that they use yeah it's called sales yeah it's called being a (laughs) lion scumbag Yeah. stay on the phone longer u.s americans anyway uh giggity Mm. says can we put a recording of dead dogs barking when y'all uh when you yell at it shut up it will just be like the dog was alive thank you okay
2: so that's how it's
0: gonna be. Thank you, uh, Tanner Plummer says, Mrs. M, I'm curious, as an atheist, what do you think happens when we die?
2: I just think we're dead.
0: That's it. You dead. That's yeah. it. Just nothing.
2: Yeah, that's it. It's just it that, and, and we were talking about this yesterday. That um, it, when you start thinking about it rationally where's the dividing line of what gets re you know, either reincarnated or sent to a heaven or whatever. All the evidence points to when you see something dead, it decomposes it. It is. And goes, you know, it decomposes Ah, uh, science
0: nothing, and shit. Hey man, you're in the ground. There's um. nothing.
2: The, the signals in your brain stop.
0: <laughs> Giggity
2: says you become you warm stop. food right
0: see like but you always want to go to science and i just want to go to the ridiculous right like but here's if the other thing is by the way the other thing is and this is probably going to be a sacrilege because i'm a recovering catholic but whatever right right i, I don't want to be buried i want to be cremated spread my ashes somewhere cool on a hillside where the sun basks against the meadow is this the- um you know whatever dude like i just i don't want to be in the ground like the thought of the thought of people coming and visiting my grave Oh, Timmy, we miss you. Like, I just am not. Hey, guys. Hey, no. hey uh, Timmy, but, here's some flowers. I hope you like them. I'm fucking dead. You don't
2: know. Literally, you I'm don't dead. know. I, I, I was Timmy,
0: reincarnated as a phone pole. What am I going to
2: do with the flowers? Save the money. All it's doing is perpetuating holding on, which is not healthy. But here's here's no. the other thing. Like, I'm not going to spend any time in my my short life. Because really, if I live to a maximum lifespan of maybe 100, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to waste any time thinking about it because I literally have nothing to do with it once I'm dead, whether there is something else or not. I'm I not been a feeling pretty dangerous. Yeah,
0: Britt's just feeling dangerous, man. Mrs. Monty's like, "Hell no, man." I'm <laughs> not. Like man, and not by the way, if there time. if there, there is a hell you're
2: focusing on how I can stay alive and enjoying my life if there is a hell when
0: when when you pass if there is a hell I'm going to have a psychic reach out to you. So just Can't answer the fast. phone <laughs> in hell, okay? Get please. The
2: phone. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pre-program the Alexa before I die to at the middle of the night speak to you.
0: No. No, you won't. Don't. That would be terrible. All right. Finally, before we get out of here, because I'm fat, I have to go lift weights. Wow, dude. Um, Wow. We need to talk about Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise turned 60 yesterday, and we saw Top Gun Maverick over the weekend. Yeah. 8 out of 10. Yeah, phenomenal. 8.5 out of 10.
1: Impressed executed well, shot incredibly well. Oh, the cinematography on it that thing is
0: ridiculous, dude. Mrs. Monty, you're why are you texting during the show, by the way? It's for I'm
2: supposed to meet someone for hiking and I was supposed to leave at eight. you
0: guys ever want to kick it, we'll flow. So now you say you don't value the show. Now, oh, we got to go hiking. This is an easy trail. I hey, I picked, an e- I picked an easy trail. Which means Anyways. it's straight uphill. Eight out of ten, Mrs. Monty. What did you think about uh, Top Gun Maverick?
2: I really liked it. I thought they did a good job. I was super skeptic. I was like, oh, they're going to mess this up or it's going to be awkward because honestly, I did not like the um, soundtrack. I listened to the soundtrack and I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, it really was bad for me. But... I loved it. I thought they did justice to Val Kilmer. It was great to see him. Yeah. I think that uh, Tom Cruise is a a freak and, you know, shouldn't be. But how does he
0: look so young? That guy looks so good. Because he's active constantly, bro. Botox, plastic surgery.
2: What? Eating healthy and and working out. That's. I
0: don't. I've never seen Botox in L. Ron Hubbard's books. (laughs) So he's a. Do you know who Elron Hubbard is? No, no. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't even know who he. He don't know who Elron. What L. Ron... do you expect, dude? What? What do you Ranger Rick? Yeah. Like, what I expect, Elron Hubbard is like the. Isn't he the Mrs. Monte the founder of Scientology? Scientology? What the right? fuck are yeah. you Ranger Rick? Yeah. 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 What are you Ranger Rick? And the. But the point is, he's a little loopy. Yeah, a little loopy. You know that dude's crazy. But, I
1: thought they did a great job paying homage to the first Top Gun. Right now without, we're going back to the Without
0: being over the top
1: with it.
2: Yeah, I thought it. was I good. thought yeah. Rooster. Yeah,
0: I'm a huge fan of that actor whose name just went right out of my head. Miles Teller. Miles Teller, yes. Yeah. Uh I think Miles Teller was great. Excellent. I thought, I thought Tommy, uh, you know Tommy, Tommy Cruise. Tommy? I thought Tom Cruise was excellent. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan in action movies. Um, I think there's a trailer they played for the new Mission Impossible. Um, I thought it looked fantastic. I'm excited to see it. Um, if you have not seen Top Gun in the theater. Go to the I theater. I recommend. By the way, that's another thing I want to talk about real quick. I the the Larry H. Miller Theater things, the Megaplex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. It, we were spaced out. We were in our own space. I wasn't worried about the word we can't say about the thing where you get germs and you mm-hmm. die and stuff. Um, but there's no afterlife, so it's fine. Anyway, the point is um, that's why you want to wear a
2: mask so you don't get you know, sick
0: and die. Yeah, but I thought I thought the theater was great. Um, and there was a, a seminal moment that I thought was transformative for Jake. Jake ate a Whopper. Oh, an impossible, an impossible whopper. whopper. Jesus. What did you Jesus. get your game together here? Man. I am. Jesus is impossible. <laughs> um whoppers it was okay. And
1: stuff. It was okay. It was good for what it is. It's not. A, it doesn't replace a burger, though.
0: Well, why do you keep comparing? That's what it's marketed as. Yeah. What do you mean? Why do I it's keep comparing it? It's never going to taste like an but actual But That's what dead they market it as. Like eh, market it as Like, come on. I think
2: it's good. You know, I'm, it the impossible is good. Whopper's it really suck. good. You know, it doesn't suck. If I'm trying not to, you know, die from my own cholesterol, then The Impossible the Whopper was a good, amazing. You know, yeah. gap filler.
0: Yeah, yeah I but, agree. And the Impossible Whopper was amazing. The yeah. movie was good. So I, You
2: know what? what I really liked? I I thought it was great that they showed I, I think The big draw for Top Gun, and it was in the original one, it's in this one, is actually our naval technology.
0: Yeah, I thought it was great.
2: Our technology with our aircraft, our technology with the the ability for fighting.
0: So it was awesome. Eight out of ten? Yeah. Eight out of ten is good. Yeah. All right, that's it. Show's over. Appreciate you guys being here. We have to go because Mrs. Monty has to go and hike. Uh, So she's out. We're out. Back tomorrow morning at 6.30 until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.